Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Orion's From the Battlefield to the Boardroom podcast. Some of our most popular episodes are those that focus on business ownership and achieving financial freedom. So today I'm bringing you another awesome entrepreneurial guest. I'm so excited to have Brent Bowers, Army veteran and real estate investor, back on the podcast to take a deeper dive into his journey as an entrepreneur. Prior to separating from the military, Brent knew he wanted to pursue a career that would allow him to be more present with his wife and kids. His early success in real estate investment led Brent to making it a full-time career with his company, The Land Sharks. Since then, he's continued to build a successful business with a growing team focused on helping people generate passive income through vacant land. In this episode, Brent discusses his military background, what led him to entrepreneurship, wins and losses, and he shares valuable advice for starting your own successful business. If you'd like to speak with Brent about anything we discussed in this episode, check out the show notes for his contact information or find him online at thelandsharks.com. If you have any questions about this interview or topics for future podcasts, I'd love to hear from you. Please send me an email at podcasts at oriontalent.com. Hey, Brent, welcome back. Thank you so much for having me, Megan. Yeah, I'm excited to have you. I had a lot of fun during our last call, and I think the podcast was well-received. So we were just chatting before this. I think it's been about a year since you were on the podcast last time. Yeah, it's definitely been a while, some some new improvements. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm excited to jump on here again. And uh, it's, been a, it's been a wild last year. Well, good. So I would encourage anyone after listening to this one to go check out that episode, because um, in that one, you talk more specifics about, you know, the business, your land sharks business and investing in real estate and land and all that stuff. And it was a really cool conversation. I remember I immediately when we stopped recording, ran out to tell my husband about it. I was like, we have to do it. <laughs> <laughs> so, awesome. yeah, so I am um, excited to hear a little bit more about really the origins of your business, though. So for anyone who did not hear the last podcast, can you just go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself so that they can become better acquainted with you at the beginning of the conversation? Yeah, absolutely. So I'll just roll back to 2004. I, got, I graduated high school. I had a, a lawn and landscape company, and I always wanted to be a real estate rock star. So I studied. I took the course, and I was doing this after like working like a full day out mowing grass, and I'll go and fall asleep during the real estate course, and then I took the test and failed the first time, and then I think a hurricane came through Florida, and I failed it again, and then I finally took it a third time. Here's about 2007 time frame, so do the math. Um, I'm a <laughs> slow learner, I guess, a bad test taker, whatever you want to call it, and I finally passed it, and I got into a real estate brokerage, and then I immediately bought a rental property from one of the sister agents that had just listed a property. Um, so all the other agents were happy because they thought they can list properties and I was going to buy them. Um, but that was the first one and the only one till about 2013. Uh, so 2008 happened in the real estate business and the mortgage industry was melting. And I literally went from doing really well as a business owner, real estate licensed agent, had just bought my first rental property and got married all at the same time. And then uh, like literally like eight months later, I'm canceling my lease with my landlord and we're moving into my in-laws house, you know, four adults, one small child in a 900 square foot house. You know, I think it was two bedroom, one bath, uh, actually three bedroom, one bath was kind of like humbling for me. Um, you know, so 
I was kind of struggling to pay the bills because my real estate business wasn't doing too well. And about 2009, um, someone I really looked up to told me, just join the military. Try to join the Air Force. They wouldn't take me. And luckily, the, the Air Force recruiter was kind enough to tell me, look, go next door to the Army. They will take pretty much anybody. Uh, so I did. I'm coachable. So I went next door, signed up. I'm in basic training October 2009, couple deployments to Afghanistan. I'm living in Germany when I'm not deployed, which I think I was in Afghanistan more than I was in Germany in a three-year period. Um, and then ultimately, me and my first wife ended up separating. I mean, I was gone all the time. It was a terrible, hard on a marriage. Um, about 2013, the Army pulls me out of Afghanistan and says, hey, we're finally going to send you to be an officer because I had been putting packets in the green to gold, active duty green to gold, um, to where they basically pay you your active duty salary and send you to school. It's like dream come true. This is why I got in the military because I wanted to go back to school and kind of restructure everything. So I get to uh, college and I start and I ended up renting a room from a guy on Craigslist. Long story short, that was a sucky situation. But I was like, you know what? I can do this. I'm going to buy my own house. So I literally went out, found the realtor that day, bought my own house right next to the college, closed on it 30 days later, fixed it up, and got a couple roommates. And I was now doing something called house hacking. And guess who's back in real estate? And I've pretty much hit the ground running in 2013 back into real estate and uh, ultimately built the business up and got out in about May 2018. And it's because I found land. I really stumbled on land. But it was incredible for financial freedom and passive income. And I know that was the longest intro you probably ever had on the Orion show. <laughs> no, I love it. That's awesome. So several follow-up questions. The first, when you decided to go back to school and you were still in the military, did you intend to get back in real estate? Because you said that you wanted to be a real estate rock star. And that's what you always wanted to be. So is that something that you saw yourself getting back into? Or did you have a bad experience the first time with the market crash and decide like maybe I should do something different. Always wanted to be in real estate. Um, that was just a huge, uh, I kind of just tried to, you know, muffle that out, like stuff it out, but it was always a burning desire in the background. Um, I still had that rental property, kept getting trashed and tenants were destroying it. And I would come home from a deployment and have all this money saved up and it would all go to that house. And it kind of sucked, honestly, I really, got drugged through the gutter on that first property. Uh, but yeah, it was always going to be some type of real estate business. Yeah. And it's cool because it's something where you learn from your mistakes. You know, you learned, like, I know that you'll talk a little bit more probably about, you know, land investing, but it's like you learned what didn't work for you, at least <laughs> at the time. Yep. And then you could pivot and do something else. But um, yeah, that's pretty cool. I mean, what in terms of your military experience, because a lot of our listeners have also served in the military. Um, did you say how long you were in the military? I was I was in a, a total amount of time for eight and a half years. Eight and a half years felt like 30, but no, just <laughs> and so you had that real estate property just kind of running in the background the whole time that you were there. Yeah. Yep. That's silently awesome. running, silently paying down the mortgage. Um I kind of bought it at the height of the market in 2007. I ended up finally selling that house in 2019. And I actually sold it about two years, three years too soon, because now I probably could sell it for a lot more. But, uh, yeah. you know, <laughs> I was basically never profitable on that one deal. 
Yeah, that makes sense. Well, awesome. I think that's a very cool story. I don't mind the long intro because I think that I even learned things about you that you didn't share with me last time. It's like, I feel like I could have you on five times and learn. Yeah, let's do it. Schedule the next one. (laughs) Yeah, you have an interesting background. So when you were leaving the military, I know that you said that when you were in school, you always did want to get back into real estate. Was there anything else that you had considered as a career path or was it kind of black and white set stone for you? Well, I was really enjoying the military uh, from about 2009 to 2000, really 15. I really enjoyed it, especially from 2013 to 15, because I was literally a full-time student. And I bought that first house, uh, I'm sorry, the second rental at this time, when I house hacked that. And a couple months later, I I did what's called a cat, or it was a VA streamlined loan. Um, so you have the house, I bought it with my VA mortgage, and then I refinanced like three months later got a lower interest rate and then pulled out all my equity, like a hundred percent loan to value is what they allowed. So they gave me $55,000 cash and I purchased uh, a house that they were asking like 90 for. And I offered 55 cause that's all I had. That's all the money I had. And uh, that had to include closing costs and realtor fees and they darn sure accepted it. Um, so you know, as far as other options in business, I, I don't think so. I, I understood rentals. Mm-hmm. Um, at that time. And I was just going, you know, the military was, was amazing from 2009 to 15 because there was no other options in my mind until I really started seeing what I was doing with real estate. But that's when I got married again. And then we got, we, we got pregnant. And then when that first baby came out, my why completely changed. Like mm-hmm. I wanted to be home more often. I didn't want to miss this baby's life. I did not want history repeating itself. Um, like my first marriage and then my why got huge. And then I really started uh, focusing on how to build a business that I could build a financial barrier that nothing would ever get through. Plus I would have income coming in every single month to cover, you know, our expenses and I could ultimately get out of the military because at that point I didn't see any other options until Mm -hmm. the baby came and then the business was flourishing. And then we started having, you know, enough income coming in that covered our expenses. So ultimately hit financial freedom in by 2016. That's amazing. So I think a lot of the things that you said are probably very much things that our listeners want. So people want financial freedom and they want the freedom to have time with their families and to earn passive income and all the things that you've talked about so far. But I think the idea of becoming a business owner is daunting for anyone, but especially a transitioning service member or a veteran, um, someone who's already established in their career and, you know, they're making money, probably not as much as they want. And they think, well, this sounds great, what Brent's talking about, but how do I do it? I mean, it's kind of, you know, a daunting thing to sit there and think about what are the steps? What, what yeah. can I do actionable to get there? So how did you go about that? Did you have a business plan? How did you develop it? <laughs> no, Is there I don't even anything know what that you could share? I know it's yeah. complicated, very nuanced. No, I, I do not even know what a business plan is. Um, I, I now hire people and don't judge me from where I'm at now, but this, this is not how I started, but now I hire people that have MBAs and bachelor's degrees. Um, and I look back and I have multiple team on my people on my team that are way more educated and smarter than I am, um, just like in the military. Uh, if you break it down, just like in the military, we had the company commander, then we had the executive officer, which really does all the work. Not just, um, <laughs> the company commander deals with 
personnel issues and the XO, this is just my experience, which I was in the, the highest I made. It was an executive officer. I felt like I had to run the operation. Well, if you just break it down in the way the military set up, you have your enlisted guys, they get to have all the fun, uh, but they have to do the heavy lifting and get dirty. And then the officers, they stay late and do all the meetings. Um, that's basically what a business is. You just put the right people in the right seat. Uh, the guy that pays the bills, the one that controls the operation, brings the money in. If you just break it down that simple, that's a business. But starting with how I started, how I did it was the first land deal that I that I did uh, made me roughly $5,000. I bought it for $285, sold it for $5,000 to a realtor. The second one I did, I bought it for $500 and sold it for $500 down. So I seller financed it to my buyer because more people think how much is it going to cost me each month rather than how much is the total cost. And I did this completely by accident. Like I, I was not like super intelligent and knew this was going to happen. I just put it on Craigslist and I felt like it wasn't that good of a property, a piece of land, vacant raw land. I just felt like it wasn't that good. So maybe I just need to put it out there for $500 down one so I can get my money back out of the deal. Because like $500 was a lot of money in 2016. I had diapers to buy. We just moved to a new house at Fort Carson or just off of Fort, the base of Fort Carson. But long story short, put it on, on Craigslist for $500 down and $400 a month. I pretty much had a buyer within 24 hours that gave me $500 down and $400 a month. But that, that was a paradigm shift for me. Like my mindset changed because I was like, oh my goodness. My bills are like 4,000 a month, maybe a little bit more actually. All I have to do is do this 10 times, $400 a month times 10 parcels of land and we pay everything. So the first $400 paid my truck payment and the second land deal we did was like, I think 399 a month, that paid my wife's car payment. And then we, we then we covered our gas, then our electric, then our water, then our, then our grocery bill, then, then eventually the diaper bill. And before we knew it, we were at like $6,800 a month within like nine months time frame, And I was like, holy crap, like everything changed because now I no longer have to go to work. Like, and that's when things started changing too with the military. I was like, oh man, like I want to build this land business. So then I hired someone to help me start building it. Um, and then we started scaling it. And the reason why I hired that person was battalion commander sent us to the field, took our phones away. And I had just sent out a lot of mail and I wasted so much money and I was so mad, but I was like, this is never going to happen to me again. So I was forced to start building a business. So when you were kind of buying up land, cause you were like, okay, this one covers my truck payment. And now I'm going to get something to cover my, and you are sort of adding up in your head, you know, all these things that were going to cover your bills with each deal that you had with each new piece of land that you bought, was there ever hesitancy like oh no this might not work out like did you have you know fear creep in and say maybe this isn't the right path or were you always pretty confident that it was going to work out no those first two that i told you about the first one for 285 i sold it for 5000 i had no clue what i was doing like i called the real estate office down the down the road from that first piece of land and the realtor bought it from me crazy right and the second one i sold so quick so i built so much confidence However, like thinking back now as I stand here, I remember thinking this is too good to be true. This is no way this can keep working this well. And then here's what happened. It, it got like sometimes 
doing well and getting success right off the bat is a bad thing because Tony Robbins says this, um, when you, when you win, when you make money, you party, when you fail, you ponder. So then I started looking at parcels of land. I would be looking at my lunch break or I'll get up early in the morning and check out. Cause I would, I would receive this mail back. And I was like, okay, I offered this much. I'm buying it like 10 cents on the dollar. There's no way I could fail. And I would just start writing checks, just sending, sending it to these, these parcels of land. And then I got caught up. I bought a piece of land that was a bad property. And then I bought a, a like before I realized that I had actually bought like three or four that were bad properties. And this was on like land deal number eight or nine. So no, I got cocky. I got arrogant about it. I was like, there's no way I can, I can lose. I'm so smart. Um, no, I got caught and these <laughs> sellers got me, but I was able to dig myself out of the hole with that seller financing that I offered. I got all my money back on those three parcels of land. Um, and the other ones had made me so much money. It's okay if I would have lost money on those. Um, we always we always remember the deals we lose money on, though, because we ponder those. Mm-hmm. No, I think that's a very good saying. So I'm curious. You've talked to me about kind of like your first handfuls, of, your first handful of land deals. So looking at your business, though, overall, can you tell me a little bit more about I guess, kind of like what it looks like now. So how did it grow from what you were doing back then, which was, I think you said back in like 2016 timeframe, like how does that look now in 2022? Yeah, I got out May, 2018. I think I just had one team member. Her name was Jen. Um, She's still with me today and she actually just paid off her own personal home. So she's 100% debt free, owns her own property. and she's been with me since April 2017-ish, I think, or maybe it was April 2016. What are those years? But what does it look like now? Um, so May 2018 was my first biggest month ever. We had a $55,000 month because we flipped a couple parcels. And we also were buying and selling houses too. Um, houses, like, because it's funny. People that have land want to sell houses. People that have houses also sometimes want to sell land. So it's like the perfect, like, combination. Um so we had a $55,000 a month in May 2018, and I just remember thanking God, like, oh, my God, uh, thank you so much. Like, this was the right decision. Mm-hmm. And two months prior, I was, like, f- freaking out because I was getting out of the military, and I was like, oh, my gosh, what if this doesn't work? Um, I was, like, trying to – like, I was literally – I got an internship, um, which a lot of people don't know you can do. You get an internship with the military. I think it was like three months. The first 30 days, I, I feel like I was like ready to pick up smoking um, because I was like, there's no way I'm going to be able to do this. And then like after that, like things like evened out. So I was like panicking now at this point because I've been in the military almost what, eight, eight and a half years now. The The check always comes in except for one time when I was deployed. Uh, my wife was a little worried we weren't going to get paid. But that was the only time. And the, the medical insurance is always there. So what did it turn into, though? I kept getting team members because I am an entrepreneur. I'm a business person. Everything's a shiny object. And things start get to, to get boring for me. I love the military because we always had a different job. As you move up in ranks, your jobs change. And I have nine people now um, on my team. And we have two people that buy and sell the, or buy the land and the houses. And then we got a guy that sells the land for us. Um, I just pretty much just am there to coach and motivate and get on these cool podcasts and raise money to buy bigger land deals. Um, we're working a, a couple deals right now 
We're buying uh, 36 acres in Florida to build our uh, RV park. And then we've got another project that we just raised some money for. Um, so now we're doing bigger land deals. But we still have the 100 notes paying us every single month for the land deals. Um, so the nut is covered. Now we're just working on big, cool stuff because it's the same amount of time to do a big deal as it is a small deal usually. Mm-hmm. Um, but we, you know, it's, it's, I never could have started on the big stuff because my mindset wasn't there yet. I'm curious how your business has been over the past really two years, because I know that you've experienced growth, but I mean, with COVID and then now the market is just insane. So how has that affected your business? Yeah, I'll tell you, it's been like a a tidal wave pushing us along because, you know, when COVID first started, we had just, I just took a bunch of money and bought a lake house um, because I was like, can't fail, right? And then I get back and it's like the earth stood still for almost like two weeks. I'm hearing about this thing called COVID. Um, and I was like, oh, I made a big mistake. Everyone's going to stop paying for their land. I've got like almost 100 land buyers right now. And I was just bracing for impact. And it's like by by end of April, um, like all of a sudden, we just started getting all these phone calls. People wanted land. And we sold out everything we had. And then I started buying it like crazy because I couldn't get it fast enough. And here's a little shift I saw in the last two years. Land has become in more demand lately because people want to get out and have more space. And also there's like six million houses short across the United States, according to the National Association of Realtors, because builders haven't been building fast enough. And Mm -hmm. um, so it's helped my business a lot. It's, It's made it harder to get land deals. However, easier to sell because, you know, as, as demand increases, you know, as supply usually decreases. Right. Yeah. Awesome. Well, cause I remember last time we talked in 2021, I probably asked you the same question then, but obviously <laughs> things have changed, you know, year to year. And it sounds like obviously it's been doing good things for your business because you've been able to continue to grow your team. Yeah, no, it's been incredible. Awesome. What do you think, um, just being in the position you're in, I'm sure you have a lot of people coming to you all the time saying, how'd you do it? So kind of the same thing that I'm asking you right now. Um, Probably friends, people that you served with in the military, people wanting to know what's the secret, how can I do this? When, When they ask you this and you kind of tell them, are there any misconceptions or um, preconceived notions that you feel like a lot of people have about what you do, whether it's about real estate, about being an entrepreneur, um, really anything that you would want to share? Yeah, I would say probably the biggest thing is there's no secret. You know, you can learn this all you want. There's, I mean, I've got my YouTube channel, search Brent Bowers on YouTube. I have a video that comes out every single day of the week, five or Monday through Friday. And I teach this stuff. And we have libraries that, like, how much does it cost for a library card? Nothing, right? It's all out there. All the information and knowledge is out there. But here's the biggest thing is you've just got to take action um, on the knowledge you've received. So I would say that's the secret. You just got to take action every single day. And are mistakes going to happen? Yes. I mean, I coach a lot of people. I tell them exactly what to do. And then they come back when they hit a roadblock. And it always happens. There's always going to be a roadblock or you know, we're going to get a punch in the stomach, basically. And then we basically, me and my assistant coach, we, we show them, all right, here's the next step. Like, because there's always going to be 
like a roadblock, but you just got to keep moving through those things. So consistent action. It doesn't even have to be perfect. You know, mm-hmm. just take the steps. Make, you're yeah. going to make mistakes. No, I think that that is very good advice. I think that's what separates people from succeeding in business like you to people who might dabble in it and have, you know, small bursts of success, but nothing that's sustainable because they don't stick with it. Yeah. And a lot of times we quit way before the success happens. And sometimes it's like, you know, we just needed to go a little bit further, a little bit further. I see it so much actually coaching people how to do this now with the land sharks and wholesaling ink. I see it like they, it's like, oh my gosh, I'm three months into this and I haven't done a deal. And then the fourth month, it's like raining deals on them. And it's like, oh my God, thank you so much for just keep, keep, you just kept going. And mm-hmm. most of the time, I feel like I'm thanking students for just, just continuing to mail those landowners. Yeah. So, okay. So you've mentioned wholesaling ink. Is that a separate business? Can you tell me a little bit about that one? So I, I've got the, uh, the great honor to be a wholesaling ink coach. Um, basically they are my kind of publishing agency. We have a podcast called wholesaling ink and basically that's what the land sharks, the course, you know, sits under. I don't know if I did a good job explaining it. They're basically the publishing agency for the land sharks course that I created to teach people how to build businesses just like I did. Because when I started, I had no money and no time. Like I just had a brand new baby. I just got married. I'm working 12 hour days on on post. And then we're just going to the field. I, I swear like every three months we went to the field. Uh, <laughs> just, so I did it with no time and no money. So I just assume that's how everyone starts. Um, so that's the way the course is set up to teach someone how to do it. Yeah. Can you tell me a little bit about the course? I remember in the last podcast, I think you talked about it in a little bit more detail, but just in case anyone's hearing for it for the first time, can you tell me a little bit more about like what you offer in the course? Like how long is it? What should people yeah. expect to learn? Yeah. Thanks for asking. Um, so basically the, the course, uh, it is a, a system of steps that shows you exactly what to do. Like day one, we're gonna help you pick your market. Day two, we're gonna show you how to find these landowners. Day three, we're gonna show you how to get in touch with these landowners and exactly what to say when they call you back and then how to get the property under contract, how to negotiate it, all these things to get you to the end goal is having income coming in from that land. Whether you assign the contract by like, Okay, Megan, you're gonna you're gonna sell me this piece of land at fifty thousand. I'm gonna sell it to a hundred for a hundred thousand to Bob the buyer. That's assigning the contract, and now I made the difference of fifty grand. Um, or my preferred method is I'm gonna buy the land for let's just say ten thousand, and it's worth thirty or forty thousand. I'm gonna find someone on on Craigslist or Facebook or whatever to sell it to them for forty thousand, but they're gonna come to me with ten thousand down. That way I get my money back out of the deal. And now I have a note for the next 30 years. A note is basically seller financing. It's you got to go to work so you can pay your bill and that's for the land. Um, and that's what the course is set up. It's to teach you all those things. And then we have a weekly support call and then also a support group. That way you can ask the questions every day of the week if you need to. One of the cool things about the course that goes back to what you mentioned about kind of what sets people apart, people who are successful and people who aren't, and it's taking action. I think a lot of times the reason that people don't take action is because they don't know what action to take. That's and right. So, yeah. and Or they don't know, okay, I, I did this, now what's next? 
And yeah. so it sounds like your course does a really good job in laying that out. And so it gives people a little bit of a roadmap to keep them moving and keep them progressing toward their goals. Yeah, that's exactly it. And it's small wins. We focus on small wins every day. The win today is we picked our market. Let's celebrate with lemonade. The win tomorrow is we're going to get that list. The win the next day is we're going to send that letter to that list. So mm -hmm. small wins add up to cool things. Awesome. So you've talked about some of the losses that you've experienced throughout your journey as a business owner. What stands out as the biggest win to you? The biggest win? Um, yeah. I would just say, and I love doing these podcasts because sometimes we can get into the daily grind. Um, we just actually lost one of our team members. He's he's going to another job. But I would say the biggest win there's so many, but I guess the one I can think about is just living life on our terms, you know, my terms. Like, here's what my day looks like. I wake up early still and get work done, and then the kids wake up, and then we all have breakfast, basically. Either me or my wife takes the kids to school. Then I go work out. My wife goes and works out. And by, like, 10 o'clock, that's when I get started with my day, like, or with my work day. And then the kids walk in the door at four and I'm done. So, and it's like, people ask me like, well, why do you keep building? You got all these passive income notes coming in because that's what entrepreneurs do. So my win is I get to choose what I want to do every day. Tomorrow I, mean, I go on like, a filter. Yeah, it sounds like a good win. It sounds like something that everybody would want. So yeah, that sounds really cool. And so I was going to ask you, what's the most rewarding thing about being self-employed? I think you kind of just answered that, but I'm assuming it's also just the fact that you get to help others on your team too, especially with how big your team's grown. Yeah, that's, I almost mentioned that because it's like, I've had the just ability to see so many people grow and just be a part of that, their success as well. And then other students' success and do deals with them. And tomorrow I get to go on my first or my son's first field trip. Um, he's six years old and that's really cool. It's like the whole day's blocked off to do that. Um, so it's just like, I couldn't do that when I was in the military. I was at someone else's beck and call and running the treadmill of someone else's plan. So mm -hmm. it was just, just the the freedom now sometimes we don't have freedom in business either because like it's now our money on the line so that's a little stressful yeah. however you just got to let go of that well it's just you know high risk high reward i think but actually one thing i was going to ask you because you mentioned um with your military background you were always on someone else's schedule you weren't able to make your own and I mean, that's very true. And that's how it is for anything corporate typically too. I mean, some career paths are a little bit more flexible, so it just kind of depends. But um, you mentioned before we started talking that a lot of people who come to you to explore your resources have a military background. So I wonder if it's because they saw the same thing as you, like, hey, I like the military when I'm in the military, but when I get out, I want to do something different and I want to be able to spend time with my family and have financial freedom. And so that could be why you're seeing such a large interest from the military and veteran community. And I love it. I love when a veteran or active duty member comes into the program because this is light work. I mean, this is not nearly as hard as being a, doing a field training exercise or a deployment or even training for a deployment or basic training like it's this is this is easy they're not like business is probably the easiest thing ever 
because mm-hmm. there's no one dies in business. I mean, like this is totally different. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. So I know you have your course that you're offering on your website and I'm sure you have tons of other resources there, but just in terms of, you know, general business ownership, what are some of the resources that helped you or things that have come out over the past few years that you would recommend? Yeah, books. I mean, I'm a huge believer on reading. You know, I say read at least 10 pages a day. The Bible, um, that was my biggest thing. But what, like, let me back up a little bit. I had a structure, a system. So I really built my business from 2015 to 2018. And there was one major way I did it was something called The Miracle Morning. I read a book called The Miracle Morning written by Hal Elrod. I almost messed his name up. Hal Elrod. And he talked about the power of getting up early. And I'm like, crap, man, I'm already getting up early. I got to be on base to work out at 6 a.m. So I started falling. I started uh, falling into the structure of waking up at 4 a.m. And I would start with like Bible reading, and then I would read like 10 or 15 pages of a of a business book, and I would implement those things. I would basically like like Brian Tracy would say, eat the frog first. Like do do something every day that from that. 4 a.m. to 6 a.m. to move the needle. Um, so that was my morning routine, and I still operate on that this morning. This morning, I actually had a hard time getting out of bed, but it's I still do that even though I'm not in the military anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean that's incredible. I'm an early riser as well, but I don't I don't read in the morning. I'm still not awake enough for that. <laughs> oh yeah, you got to have a huge cup of of glass of water ready to go in the kitchen. That's one thing how Elrod talked about. And then like get your body moving. And I also hit the button on the coffee maker and I'm like, please hurry up. And I usually like stretch and crack and crinkle and all that stuff um, while I'm waiting on that coffee. But usually by the time the coffee's ready, I'm I'm usually awake. Yeah. You know what I always find, because like I said, I'm an early riser too. And people always tell me, oh, I'm just not an, I'm not a morning person. I'm like, I think most people probably aren't morning people. You just have to have the discipline to do it. Yeah. Cause you tell yourself that you tell yourself you're not a morning person. It's like, I heard someone say this a long time ago and I thought, I was like, that's, that person's weird. But they said, if you say to yourself before you go to bed, oh, I'm going to be so tired in the morning. It's so late. You wake up tired. But if you say to yourself, I'm going to get the best night's sleep, I'm, I know I don't have that many hours of sleep, but I'm going to wake up feeling amazing. There's power in that. I'm telling you it works. So if you mindset. tell yourself you're not a – yeah, mindset. There you go. If you tell yourself you're not a morning person, you're not. But I go to bed early too. Like 9 o'clock, I'm usually like falling asleep. I don't care like if I'm sitting up in the living room watching TV I'm falling asleep. So go to bed an hour early and just wake up an hour earlier. And it's sometimes you just got to rip off the bandaid and start doing it. Yeah, definitely. So what are the, like, just general advice do you have for veterans or service members who are looking to start their own business, whether it be land or just really anything else? Um, Just go out and do it. Like literally you got the resources, make the phone call, um, a friend of mine has a trucking company. He just called me the other day. He, he just made the phone call. He texted me. He called me. He hit me up on Instagram. Just just take the action. Like, just do it. Um, so there's always someone out there that is where you want to be, whether it be fitness or health or business. Like, find the person that's, that's a little further ahead of you. And I wish I would have known this then. 
and just model their success. Like, like modeling them is not like copying them, but almost like doing what they did to get there, basically. Mm-hmm. I love that. I think that's great advice. What's next for you? Are there any other projects that you're working on? I know you've mentioned your podcast. Um, just anything that you want to tell our listeners about? Yeah, um, we are currently bringing in partners now to do some land deals with us. I mentioned the the, um, the RV park. Uh, we just helped secure another deal um, that we're building a uh, hundred townhomes in or on, I should say. So bigger land deals. So I'm always looking to to network with other people that want to get involved with this. Awesome. And for anyone listening who wants to connect with you, follow along with what you're doing, what's the easiest way for them to do that? Yeah, the probably the easiest way is find me on Instagram, Brent L. Bowers. And then I have my YouTube channel that we had we had mentioned uh, or I had mentioned already. Just go to YouTube and search Brent Bowers. Five videos a week, you said, right? Yeah, five videos That's a, a week. So <laughs> yeah, I'll I, I usually I used to fly out to do them in Utah, but we would do we'll do 20 at one time. So it takes the whole day, nine to five, and then I'm done for the month. Well, that's probably good. I was thinking it was something that you were having to do every day, which seems a little no. exhausting. <laughs> thank God. No, I couldn't do it. <laughs> yeah. Well, Brent, thank you so much for doing this with me again. Like I said, I will gladly have you back anytime because I feel like you can really talk about so many things that are valuable to our listeners. So thank you so much. Thanks for listening to this episode of Orion's From the Battlefield to the Boardroom podcast. Make sure you subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, or SoundCloud so that you never miss an episode. We'd love to hear from you, so if you have any feedback, please send me an email at podcast at oriontalent.com. Our goal is to help all military job seekers through their transition and beyond, so make sure you share our show with your friends. See you next time.